0: Gearheads know that some projects need so many parts, it feels like you need a whole storage unit just to store them. That's what eBay Motors' 122 million parts are for. Think of it as your virtual parts garage. They've always got the right fitment at the right prices. Use the eBay Motors app or visit ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. I traveled during this pandemic quite extensively, and my friend the other we called me a jerk. Talking to Strangers, Travel Stories That Make Life Lessons by TravelCakeLife.com. Happy Friday! Today on Talking with Strangers, we're going to talk about summer travel plans. I know that you guys are probably a little bit nervous about going far and wide when it comes to travel, but I want to tell you exactly why you need to second guess and think again about that. Plan to stay around your house here in Switzerland. They call it uhu, um, but um, instead of staying close to home, I think you should definitely consider getting out, and you should definitely consider getting out before everyone in this world decides to get out again. And I'm going to tell you exactly why. I traveled um during this pandemic quite extensively and my friend the other we called me a jerk and said that I was a super spreader no I was not I got tested I was safe I wore masks I stayed in you know residences not hotels sometimes most of the time um but it was a great experience because you will never have the kind of experience you can have now again any other time in life likely because it's just a really thin cl- crowd. So I'm going to tell you about my experience in Milano. I'm going to tell you about my experience in Florence, in uh, Pisa, in Egypt, in Turkey, in Argentina. I've been so many places during this pandemic, and it's been fantastic. Now I want to just throw a little note out here. No, I'm not happy for the pandemic. No, I'm not glorifying this tragic incident. I'm not saying anything of the such, but. Everything has two sides, a positive and a negative. And I decided, you know, I don't know how long this is going to go on. I don't know what life is going to bring. I'm not going to stop. I'm just going to check out my options and get kind of familiar with what I can do. And I'm going to do it. So I wanted to just say, you know, I did this during the middle of a pandemic, 2020, early 2021. And I want to say, don't be afraid to get out there because it's one of the most incredible times you could choose to travel in your life. So how did I actually start traveling during a flipping pandemic when the whole world is locked down? Let me just start with that. So I'm living in Switzerland and Switzerland was a little bit of a bad boy during this whole pandemic thing. And it didn't close its borders right away. It also didn't lock us down. It did have us kind of cooperating to social distance and stay at home for about a month and a half or so. Um, it definitely tried to take some safety measures to not see a dramatic rise in cases last year when it first started. However, we were not on lockdown like a lot of places in the world, which I really appreciated. I appreciated that the Swiss government tried to respect humanity in a way um, and and not treat us like, you know, prisoners in our own home so they tried their best but you know alas this year we had to shut it down anyway so during that time let's say between March and May we were shut down we were at home we were social distancing but after that around June we were able to go out and kind of live life as normally as we could restaurants were open schools were open and they had this uh they had this no not no travelers, but they had a list of places that you, you could go to, but if you went to them, you would have to quarantine when you went back. And basically I remember in June, I I remember hearing about this list and I said, oh, there's a, there's a list. I mean, you know, certain countries require us to quarantine and certain require us not to. And I thought, okay, well, my kids have been locked up inside. We're going to see if we can take a little trip somewhere. And I landed on Barcelona. Side note, I lived in Barcelona for almost a year at one point. I went to the University of Barcelona on my study abroad. I studied international business. And so I felt very safe and sure about what the experience in Barcelona would be. So it was like I was venturing out. But like I said, I lived in Barcelona for a year already. I've been to Barcelona every single year, at least once a year. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to travel out somewhere, but I'm going to go somewhere where I feel safe. And so we went there for about five days, which was amazing. I was really, really nervous to travel when I decided to go to Barcelona with my kids. And so, you know, I did everything possible to plenty of, um, you know, sanitation products and, and gloves and masks and all of those things. And I went to the airport quite apprehensive about what the experience would be, how long the lines would be, whatever. I get there to Zurich international airport and I was just kind of shocked and, and really surprised to see that it was not a big deal at all. I had all this anxiety and all this fear about what the experience could be. And it was a wonderful experience. You know, we all wear gloves and masks and we were all careful. But to get through the lines, it was very fast and very easy. You know, my kids are experienced travelers, so they were very helpful in the journey. And it was kind of a no big deal type of thing. At the time, we didn't need to take any Uh, coronavirus tests to (laughs) go to spain and so we got through um into spain and you know they had us fill out some paperwork to say where have you been and all kind of stuff but we kind of got through the whole process fairly easily and i was just like wow i mean you know i know the news is made for informing but a lot of times it's made for fear-mongering and that's definitely what it had done to me and i was so afraid but i got there and i was like wow okay this is this is pretty chill so, me and the kids, we ended up, you know, going to an Airbnb location because I didn't really want to be around other people I Wanted want us to keep it safe. We, we rented an Airbnb home and that was wonderful, especially with kids. And we spent our first day just kind of walking around town. I think that we, no, we actually ended up going to the Gaudi Park. Love that park if you haven't been there. It's amazing. We spent the whole day at the park and... We ended up hooking up with two other families and spending the whole day with some random people that also had kids that we didn't know. One couple was from, I don't know, they were from Eastern Europe, but they were living in London and another family was from somewhere else that I don't remember. Anyway, we ended up spending the whole day together and then we ended up going and having a lunch together and then we went back to our, our apartment. The next day... We end up, um, the next day we end up going to the beach actually. And funny thing is, you know, I lived in in Barcelona for a long time. I've been there every year. This is the first time I actually took time to go to the beach. You know, I bought my kids some floaties and, you know, we, we went swimming and everything. And it was the most fun I had had in a long time post-pandemic, pre-pandemic, whatever. It was just a great time, and there were a lot of people on the beach because, you know, Spain was one of the few places that was open and free, and the weather was good, so we had a great time, met up with some new people there, whatever. The next day, we had a chill day and went back to the beach again, Um, and it was a a really cool trip. You know, like I said, I got to talk to people, and everybody is, you know, struggling with the pandemic, but at the same time, You know, the spirits were high. It was good. It was a great experience. Moving on. After that trip, having such a great time with my kids, seeing how happy they were or whatever, I thought, you know, I don't know how long this pandemic is going to be going on. You know, June was already longer than what I had expected it to be. Now, you know, almost a year later, exactly. It's way longer than I anticipated it being. But after that, I thought, you know, I'm not going to sit here um, wasting away a year of my life, I'm going to do everything I can to be respectful, be safe, distance myself. But I'm still going to have a great time because actually, what I saw from my Spain trip must be true for other places. And so I familiarize myself with the whole quarantine rules and you know what places required you to quarantine and what measures you need to take to go, and what measures you need to take to travel out of the country. And like I said, I, I realized that there was this quarantine list. So I have my kids pretty much every other week. And so I thought every other week, I'm going to go to a new place because you know what? It's not going to be often that I get to travel without these masses of people that you find everywhere all the time. And so I started looking at the list and the first place I went was with a friend, um, we went to Florence. We decided instead of taking a flight, we would just drive down. It was like a seven, eight hour drive longer than what you would typically have, but people are driving more these days and flying. But anyway, we had a great trip to Florence. Now this is the second time I've been to Florence. And usually when you hit up these really popular travel destinations, you have huge crowds, selfie sticks, You know, you have vendors on the street, pickpockets, you have, you know, people begging, you have just a mass of people and you have to be very cautious about, you know, your surroundings, you have to have your, you know, purse underneath your arm and, you know, it's just kind of an anxiety provoking experience and in the middle, you get to enjoy the sights that you see. Well, this second visit to Florence was incredible again because there was no one there. You go to the Duomo, which is, you know, the center part of town, and it's kind of like a church, and it's all made of marble. It's incredible. It's beautiful. You've got to go see Florence if you haven't been there. Love the Four Seasons there, by the way. Four Seasons is my favorite hotel chain, but their, their hotel there is incredible. Um, anyway, you know, the Duomo is gorgeous, made out of marble, and people are usually surrounding the area. They're taking pictures. There are tours, and it's just completely packed to the brim there was no one out here let me tell you no one no one no one out there um i would say if i had to count if i had to guess i would say that there were probably less than 500 people in that whole downtown area because actually um it was closed to at the time italy was closed to The world Uh, European citizens from neighboring countries could come in but it was closed and so luckily I'm a dual citizen of Switzerland and the United States and so I was able to go there and my friend and I just got to enjoy the most incredible time there because we actually got to see the city for what it was not the big crowds not the souvenirs all that stuff but we actually got to see the beauty of the place which was incredible Um, We went to the leather shop and got to talk and talk and talk with the owner of the leather shop and about his family business. It was great. And then the next day we went to Pisa, you know, the leaning tower of Pisa. And I had been wanting to go there for forever. And this is a place for sure that is usually packed, especially in June, July, particularly July, August. If you're planning on going there in the future, July, August is not really the time. It's packed full of tourists. You know, it's just mayhem. But we went there, we found parking close to the place. I mean, this never happens, right? This never happens. We actually got there, found parking, maybe like a less than five minute walk from the tower. And we entered. No queue, no line, no waiting. We just walked straight in there. It was free. I'm sure it's free normally. But anyway, we just walk in there. And usually if you see pictures of Pisa during... You know, any other time, there are just masses of people, a huge line to go up to the top and you know check out the lookout. But it was empty. It was it was so cool. I have pictures. You know what? I think I'm going to post pictures on TravelCakeLife.com that go with this podcast and like put it in a whole article or whatever. But it was amazing. There were no people there, and I just got to enjoy it. To be fully honest, full disclosure, it was interesting. I was happy to see it, but I think you take a good 30 minutes and you got it. You got it. But there are other things around there. It's not just the tower. You have a museum. You have restaurants. We actually ate at a restaurant, which was very great. It was fun. Um, you know, I love a good Mediterranean salad, which is why I had some calamari, which was very moist. Um, with some lemon. Mm. Yum. Um, And a, and a nice bubbling Sprite. (laughs) I'm sure a glass of Italian wine, especially being right in Tuscany would have been more appropriate, but I'm not a big drinker. Anyway, I had a great experience in Pisa and it wasn't this thing where you like kind of plan to take a Euro trip and you spend half the day waiting in line like you're at Disneyland. Just walk straight in there. And this, like I said, won't be available at any other time than probably right now into, let's say, I would say we probably should be back by my guesstimation, which is limited, admittedly. But I think that we'll be back to normal travel 2024, 2025 from what I hear. So you got to get out there and check these places out. And so I had a great time driving, um, About two weeks later, actually, I I was so excited about my trip to Florence and Pisa. I was so excited that I thought, you know what? I got to do more of this. And so I ended up taking a drive to the south of France. Now, if you've never been to the south of France, it is not like Paris. Paris is lovely. It's romantic. The food is great. Actually, I've had mixed experiences. But The food in Paris is good. Um, The Eiffel Tower is great. I love walking around where the palace is and and where the Eiffel Tower is. It's great. I love the Louvre. Um, But anyway, if you've never been to the south of France, it is not Paris. Paris is its own little world, just like, for example, Los Angeles is its own world and Manhattan is, is its own world and, you know, London is its own world. Paris is its own world. The South of France is like my jam. I love the South of France. It's super duper chill like the South of anywhere is really, but it's super duper chill. It's beautiful. You just are kind of taken over by the relax- the relaxation of the spirit of the South of France there and Monaco, which is actually its own country in the middle of France. How did that happen? Anyway, Monaco has some of the best food that I love. Anyway, I decided to take a drive down to the south of France and I decided to stay there for a week and just so happened because I travel alone a lot. um, uh, It's mixed, but anyway, I travel alone sometimes and I decided to travel to south of France by myself and I ended up getting a beachfront room at this hotel, which was fantastic. It wasn't a very fancy hotel. Wasn't super up to date, but it was beachfront and I got to fall asleep to the waves and it was gorgeous. It was in a place called, oh gosh, um, Monton. There you go. It was called Monton and it is about 20 minutes outside of Monaco, which was great for the prices for sure. And I think actually, because I had several points on my Expedia, uh, credit card, um, I actually think I paid for most of the trip with points. So a beachfront hotel room, uh, breakfast included, um, and wonderful, wonderful food around. Again, it was mostly empty at the time that right now, um, if we're talking about when I went, we're talking in June and Like I said, it was mostly empty. So you went on the beach and even though there are people on the beach, you had plenty of space in between each little, uh, beach blanket, you know, and you didn't feel alone because people were out there for sure, but, but you felt like you could actually enjoy. Don't you hate, by the way, don't you hate going to the beach and it's like your blanket is touching someone else's blanket and it's so densely populated on there that it's just like, man. I could have done better turning the heater on, staying in the living room, putting a beach channel on my TV and relaxing like that. I mean, I cannot stand that on a California beach in the summer. But anyway, I digress. It was was great. And you know what I love about the South of France? Unlike in the US, the water is warm. It's like bath warm. Even when you go out there at night, the water is warm. So you don't need to tiptoe and creep into the water. You can just really just... Dive in there. Now here's a little funny story about what happened when I was in the south of France I remember I went out to the beach because I had only gotten swimming like two or three times when I was there I'm, you know black people. We don't swim that much. It's not like something that we're just Super excited to do. It's a hair thing. Anyway um so I went out on the last day that I was going to be there in Monto, And I thought, you know, I have to spend some time on the beach. I'm going back to landlocked switzerland I need to go see the eternal ocean and just go out there and have some fun. I only had a few hours before uh, sundown, so I was like, yeah, let me go out there. And I took the extra energy to go out there. I got myself together, my book, my blanket, all kinds of stuff. And I go out to the beach. <laughs> and then I want to say not even a good 10 minutes after I got to the beach, the police come. They're like, Brr! Everybody off the beach, everybody on the beach. And we're like, is this for real? We're like looking at each other. And I had met a guy whose wife was living there in Monton, and he was actually living in Denmark. And, you know, they kind of live between the two countries. They come and visit each other, but they're married. Um, That's another situation. But anyway, um, I had been talking to him for a few minutes and we're having a great conversation. and all of a sudden like off the beach, off the beach. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like what's going on? Like, what is this? Like, is something dangerous going on? We got no information. It was just like a big, like confusion. No panic, just confusion. So we get off the beach and it's still daylight. Plenty of time to go, maybe like an hour or two. But anyway, I I go walking by a police and I say, um, excuse me. Um, you know, what happened? It's about... 30 minutes after they start to hustle people off the beach. And I'm like, what the heck happened? Like, what's going on? Is something dangerous? And they said, oh, uh, we just have a bomb, a World War II bomb Was that uh, washed up on the shelf. And I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> I'm like, excuse me? Like, are you just casually saying, yeah, a bomb washed up on shore? No big deal. We got it. It's good like for real, like in that situation, just lie to me. Okay. <laughs> I was like, is this something that actually happens? Like, this is like a regular thing. Like bombs just wash up on the shore. Anyway, that was a, that was a cue for me to make my exit stage left. <laughs> so I had been thinking about staying one more day and I was just like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. And so I end up, um, driving back up, um, towards Switzerland and, Uh, I was thinking do I go to switzerland? I got a reservation on my apartment actually and people were staying in there I was like I could go to switzerland Just sleep in my car for the night or whatever because they're gonna be out in the morning But I was like, no, i'm not gonna do it to myself hashtag treat yourself. So I went to this lovely hotel in um Milan and milano is one of my favorites because it's just about three hours from zurich I used to go there a lot just for weather. So I would drive like three hours just to catch some sun and drive back on the same day a lot of times. Also, when I had my little son, we would do a little drive to Lugano or to Milano and just get some sun and drive back at night. Anyway, so I'm driving back up. I decided to stay the night at Milano. And I stay in this lovely hotel. And, um, and um, the next morning, I decide, like, you know, let me just take a little stroll over to the Duomo. The Duomo Milano is one of the busiest places I've ever seen. They've got all kinds of pigeons out there, you know, people like to play with and, you know, do this whole pigeon picture thing. Um, they've had people out there selling toys. Like, this is one of the busiest, livest places you will ever see here. Um, and it's just like a, it's just a hangout, you know. They have, like, a huge... Eating area, like shopping area there. I love being there. There's so much energy and life there, and it's amazing. Usually. This time when I went there, like I said, it's I'm gonna post a video of this because I actually took a live video of this. It was so empty and peaceful. It was leery. Like that's one place that I would tell you to go during the pandemic only if you're on your way to somewhere else because usually Milano is so full of life and fashion and goodness, but that kind of freaked me out. Watch the video. Anyway, um, it was also beautiful though because I actually got to see Milano for what it is. I've been there many, many times. Like I said, I used to go there frequently just for the weather. And um, this time it was completely empty, and I and I realized like wow, I've never actually, I never actually seen this place. It's gorgeous. <laughs> like I've been here, i I felt the energy, I felt the thrill of, of of being there, but I never actually got to live and experience a place. So that was really great. After that, I decided to continue the adventure. Now, here's where I'm going to insert insert Google flights. And I'm going to put this video up as well. Cause I made a little video about Google flights and how much I love it. Anyway, I discovered Google flights around this time. Now what I used to do when I travel, I would usually go and use Expedia or hop onto, you know, the different, um, airline websites and check out the, the lowest rates I could find. But in this period, I discovered Google flights and Oh, What a discovery that was because it was a lifesaver. First of all, you know, of course there's less flights than usual uh, right now, but to the popular destinations, there are still flights going. But in order to fill those flights up, they've obviously got to lower the prices. And so I found some incredible flight prices. And this time I was thinking, you know, I want to fly somewhere that maybe otherwise I wouldn't fly during this time or during normal time. And I had always been wanting to go to Turkey. I mean, I have a cousin, my my dad's cousin, actually, who was in the Air Force and she lived in Turkey. No clue where she is now. But um, I had always been talking about it. I want to say since oof since 2007 or 8 maybe i've been talking about no 2006 for sure i had been talking about visiting her i wrote to her and said you know i really would love to visit you but every time i wanted to go to turkey people would say oh it's so dangerous it's so dangerous and i believe that um because they have some civil issues that they're dealing with and you know there are a lot of bombings and things like that sometimes but i'm like it's a pandemic. Ain't nobody trying to bomb anything because they're not going to get anything out of it because nobody is nowhere. You know, it's like people are at home. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and take my chances. I'm going to go to Turkey. And also, by the way, Turkey is a Muslim country. In case you didn't know, it's not in the EU. So like I said, take my chances. So I decided to go to Turkey to Istanbul. And... This was a life-changing event for me, number one, because it's a very different experience than traveling to other countries. You know, other countries in Europe are, you know, normally Christian, Catholic, um, and Muslim countries are completely different. Um, The architecture is different. The art is different. The whole energy of a place is different, right? And up until then, the only Muslim country I had been to – let me see is Dubai. Um, so the UAE is only other Muslim place I had been to up to that point. So I was very interested to see what it was about. I went there and again, it was, I'm sure emptier than usual, but oh my gosh, I'll post the video of me in the marketplace. It seemed like literally nothing had changed. People were there, no masks, no precautions, whatever, like business as usual. The touristy spots, of course, were not as full just because tourists were not really going there. Um, but it was pretty freaking amazing. Um, I went to the Four Seasons. They have two, Sultanahmet, I think it's called, is one of them, and the Bosphorus. Those two places I can definitely recommend if you're going to Istanbul. Um, but the whole trip was very life-changing because number one, You know, I haven't been to many Muslim countries and I love to hear the calls to prayer. Um, and it just put me at peace to be in an environment where religion is so pervasive. Maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm looking for a different word, but anyway, I really loved the peace of hearing the calls to prayer and just being in the serenity of a religious place. Of course, not everybody is like that, but it just made me feel good. That was number one. But number two, um, I met this incredible woman on a tour. Now, if you guys don't believe in like destiny and like things that are supposed to happen or God or whatever, like, okay, you're on your own because this was one of the moments where for sure, like God showed himself in like full glory and it was like, wow. So I was staying at the Hyatt, I wanted to stay there, but you know, I, I I wasn't sure I I was traveling on a budget, but I was like, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and treat myself, feel good and focus on me. I'm not going to worry about money right now. And so I actually have points with the Hyatt. I'm like a family member in Mendoza. So I gathered all these points and, um, and I actually was able to stay there for two nights for free. And so I went there after a lot of back and forth thinking if I wanted to, if I didn't want to, and I just felt at home, like nothing makes me feel at home more than a five-star hotel. I think that one was a four-star, maybe, I'm not sure. Anyway, but it was a great hotel in in Istanbul and I went for a massage, I went for the pool and something in me, the God of me, just told me like, you know what, your life is about to change. And... You know, the the great thing is when you have a pandemic and when you have people locked away and you have such a life changing experience, people, when you travel tend to be more open than they perhaps would be because they're just happy to see you. They're just happy to see someone and also happy to see someone out like them doing their thing. And so I decided to take a tour, which is not my thing, by the way, it's not my thing to take a tour anywhere. Um, I like to be on my own. I like to do my own thing on my own time, but I just decided, you know, something told me to take this tour and there was only one other person on my tour. And like I said, something told me your life is going to change. And (laughs) I get in this car. I was not really into talking to the driver and definitely wasn't into talking to this woman who was just insistent upon talking to me. And I was just like, uh but after being kind of a jerk for a little while i was like okay whatever obviously i'm supposed to talk to this woman let me just be nice and you know open myself up and so i began talking to her and right off the bat we had so much in common turns out that this woman rem- let me remind you we're in turkey it is a pandemic i haven't been to california since 2019 october um the U.S. is locked down. Nobody's letting them in. In the middle of a pandemic in Turkey at the Hyatt Hotel on this tour, which, by the way, didn't almost didn't happen because you needed at least two people to go on the tour. But anyway, it almost didn't happen. There is this woman from Anaheim, California. I am from San Bernardino, California, which is 45 minutes from Anaheim, California. I have never in my life met anyone from anywhere close to my hometown in Europe in the whole 12 years I've been living in Switzerland or in the whole 15 years that I've been traveling frequently to Europe. And I'm like, okay, that little voice in my head is now freaking me out because why is this woman here? Why is she on my tour? And why are we talking? And so we begin to talk and I began to open myself up And we're both divorced and she begins to tell me her story about her divorce. And after the tour, we ended up going to the spice market, having a great time. I'll post that video, check it out. And then we, and we decided to go to, um, dinner and she began to tell me about how her divorce began and how the whole process worked and how it made her feel and how she did this certain thing. And then her whole life turned around. I'm going to make a whole separate podcast about that because it was a very important life-changing conversation, but I could have burst out in tears. It was like this whole conversation was a preview of what was to come for me. And it was the most you know, non-coincidental happening that could have happened. And I believe because we were in a pandemic, because, you know, it was such a peculiar situation for us that could happen. And like I said, it's not just the places are empty. The reason why you should travel it's not just because, you know, you have great prices on flights, but by the way, you definitely do check it out. Google flights, but People are so much more open these days. They're so friendly. They're so inviting. And I believe that during the normal travel time, that whole conversation and that encounter could not have happened. And I was so happy to have that encounter with her. We are still in contact. I want to say, yeah, it's like, it's not quite a year later now, but it's inching up on a year later. That was actually October, I think, September, or October of last year. Um, but it was amazing how that could happen. And directly after that conversation, I decided to stay one day longer in Turkey, actually. Um, and I I decided to get my hair cut. If you've seen me recently, I've got this copper, um, this this black and copper hair. Um, the tips of my hair are the copper color. Um, but at the time I got it dyed red because I just had never done it and I was looking to experiment. Um, so I, in the Hyatt hotel, I chopped off my hair, got it dyed, did this whole, you know, the whole big chop or whatever. And it was such an interesting, interesting experience because of course they have no experience with black hair. I'm like, you're going to learn today. (laughs) Hashtag Kevin Hart. But anyway, um, so it was this most incredible life changing experience. I'll do another podcast on that. But anyway, that could not have happened during the normal travel time. Fast forward, I've traveled to Egypt, which was, uh, oof, how do you explain that? That was, that was interesting. I went there with my boyfriend to, to Egypt, went to Malta also. Um, I'm actually going to be checking out Malta again in June, just next month. We're actually going there, doing a little project with the Malta Tourism Authority, Showing you all the best that Malta has to offer. They're actually doing a travel promotion for this summer for anyone traveling there and I definitely want to show you guys why you should travel there because we had a great time I didn't get to do everything I wanted to do last time, but I got to stay at the phoenicia hotel, which is marvelous It is great. It's marvelous. It has this beautiful view of a fountain there and they have the best food the best team The best ever everything and so anyway Um, I got to travel to a lot of places during this pandemic. So I wanted to just round that up and wrap the whole conversation up by saying, number one, you got to get out there because you don't know what's going to happen. You know, um, not in a fearful way, but just in a you never know how long it's going to go on and how long you're going to be restricted. So whatever you can do, do it because life does not stop for anyone and it definitely doesn't stop for a pandemic. Number two, you can see places in the glory of what it actually is. One of the places I want to go for sure is Rome. I heart Rome so hard. I love Rome. And I loved Rome when it was overcrowded and full of people. But I can't even imagine what Rome must be like right now when you don't have those masses of people going and traveling and taking pictures. Like when you go to the Colosseum, by the way, you feel all that energy of everything that has gone down there. And I'm just thinking, what could that be? What could that be like to just stand there in the middle of that arena? What could it be like, you know, to go to the, to the steps and to the fountain and everything. I mean, it's already like, you know, page 212 of a history book. It's like opening a history book to be in Rome. But I'm thinking if you are there and it's not overrun by people, what a glorious time that must be. So You definitely get to experience and live the places for what they are. Definitely do it. And then lastly, you get great deals. So I've traveled so much during this pandemic and it's been amazing to use my points, right? To like, to like use my points to travel and to get great deals on hotels that otherwise would cost a fortune. And then one thing that I love to do while I'm there is I love to talk to the staff of places because you really get to know the places when you talk to the local people. And it's not just the staff. It's not just, you know, the, the concierge you're talking to, although side note, use your concierge I'm posting a video about that in this thread too. Um, but it's also just the people who are from there, live there and know all the best places that you will not ever get from a tourist book. Like I remember one time I was traveling to Milano and I was talking to a guy on the train. I asked, Hey, which restaurants should we check out? We actually ended up going to a restaurant that was recommended by the person. It was a neighborhood restaurant. And I have never before or since eaten so well. So definitely talk to the people, the local people, the people working at the places when you go there and you get to do that now because it's not overrun. And uh, the people have time, and they're more than happy to see you happy about the place you're visiting, which is their home. So, I wanna wish you happy traveling. Be safe, get vaccinated. I am on my way to getting vaccinated. Woohoo! Um, be safe. Uh, social distance, of course, until we're all vaccinated and just enjoy life carpe diem we don't know what's going to happen we don't know what the next turn is going to be so just you know take every day to celebrate don't wait for a holiday life is a moment to celebrate let me show you how Go so check out my page travel and let me show you all the you I was talking about in this episode and until the next time I want to wish you a great time great life and I want to encourage you go out there and share some love with someone Yeah, that actually does sound like something the J-Man would do. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Facebook leads the industry in stopping bad actors online. That's because they've invested $13 billion in teams and technology to enhance safety over the last five years. It's working. In just the past few months, they've taken down 1.7 billion fake accounts to stop bad actors from doing harm. But working to reduce harmful and illicit content on their platforms is never done. Learn more about how they're helping people connect and share safely at about.fb.com safety.